Hello again, and a very happy September to all of you out there listening. This is the Through the Grapevine podcast, and I am your host, Uta Mitchell. You guys, it is episode number five. That's halfway to 10. And I am obviously having a lot of fun with this. I hope you had an opportunity to listen to the previous four episodes and, of course, the most previous one, episode four, where I did an interview with Michelle from Triangle Wine Country Tours last week, which was so much fun. We really clicked and that made the interview so easy. Plus, I have a little bit of a funny story for you. Jumping right into it, can you tell? So after releasing episode four, I went to a Women in Wine Oregon happy hour at a local winery called Dobbs. I went together with my good friend and study buddy, Allie. I've talked about her before, and we just sat and talked, and it was lovely. Allie is currently working as a harvest hand at Penner Ash this year, and she is having a blast, but obviously it is a lot of work, so it was just great for her to just sit and sip some wine and chat. We were eventually joined by some other ladies, and one of them was this super nice young lady who is looking into potentially doing some winery work in New Zealand, which, uh, hello, is that not the coolest thing? I would so be up for that, honestly. If I had an opportunity to do something like that for a couple of months in New Zealand, sign me up. And if my husband is nice, I will even take him with me. Did you hear that, honey? (laughs) So anyway, I handed her in the course of the conversation my card and she gave me just the cutest little smile. And she said, I know you. I follow you on Instagram and I listen to your podcast. And then she said she was my fan. And at that point, I just kind of about lost it. Oh my gosh. What? I have a fan? Me? That's impossible. How's that possible? And then as if that wasn't enough, shortly thereafter, another woman recognized me. And she said she listens to my podcast as well. So now I had two fans right there, telling me that they were my fans. I, I'm. You don't understand how exciting this is for me, or maybe you do understand. <laughs> I am so happy about these beautiful women telling me that they love my work. Seriously, thank you. If you're listening right now, thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart. I am truly blown away and so grateful for you. Anyway, as we're sitting there chatting about the podcast and about the interview I just did with Michelle, someone said, oh, Michelle from Triangle Wine Country Tours? She's sitting right over there. And so, of course, my head just shoots around, sees this lovely lady sitting over there on a couch And I'm jumping up like an excited little girl and I'm running over there and we hugged and laughed and talked. And what can I say? My bucket was filled that day. I love nothing more than to experience these moments of connection, especially 
with other women. So as many of you know by now, my trip to Germany is coming up and I am running around like a headless chicken, I kid you not. I'm trying to plan and clean and pack and shop for my family. And also, of course, I am doing some work on the side. And now there's a cute little story that I have to share with you, something that's super exciting that's happening to me right now. And that is that I get to do a series of presentations for Jimmy Smith from winewithjimmy.com. Yeah. <laughs> How amazing is that? For those of you who don't know Jimmy Smith or Wine with Jimmy, Jimmy is from London. He owns some wine schools and a wine bar and some other businesses. And he does this online program where he creates video presentations with like a PowerPoint presentation that go along with the WSET books. So I used Wine with Jimmy for my WSET 3 class. I know I've spoken about him in a previous episode. Um, he was here in Oregon in July, and I was fangirling and reached out to him and asked him if he would be willing to meet for dinner with me and my study group. And he said yes. And last week he asked me, he reached out to me and he asked me if I would be interested in creating a series of presentations for him on the topic of Oregon wines, the history, geography, climate, grape varieties, and, you know, information like that. And what can I say? I sometimes actually have to pinch myself because of all the amazing things that are happening in my life right now. Like I said, not long ago, I was totally fangirling over Jimmy. Still am, really. And here I am working with him. I just got off a call with him to, this morning to discuss the details of this project. And he is, of course, super duper nice. I will get started here very soon. I will do some research while I'm in Germany and probably start working on that project. And I'm, I'm excited. And of course, here's the topic of the day, Germany. I am leaving September 5th. So that's, of course, here in the U.S., Labor Day. And my hope is, please don't crush my hopes as you're listening to this, my hope is that flying on that day is not going to be crazy because it's back to school and all and people are getting ready for it so that at least in the U.S. airports, Portland and then Dallas, it's not going to be awful. Who knows what's going to happen in Europe where some of the areas still are on their summer vacation until mid-September. I am unfortunately flying through Dallas and London to Zurich because one of my flights that I originally had booked was canceled. And so I had to be rerouted. And so that's what it is. Portland, Dallas, London, Zurich, September 5th. If you happen to be one of those flights, let me know. I'd love to say hello. <laughs> All right. 
with all of that said, I decided that I want to talk about Germany some more. Just makes sense with it being September now. And Germany is such a great place to be, especially the wine regions in September, because as harvest starts in Germany, many of the towns in a wine region have wine fests. They're like small versions of Oktoberfest, basically, but with wine. People, literally, people who have not seen each other in months or in some cases years, will just run into each other at these fests, sit down together, drink Federweiser, eat onion tart, listen to music, sometimes dance. And the bigger fests also have, you know, activities and carousels for kids too. So yes, I realize I said a word that may not be known to most of you out there, Federweiser. It is spelled F-E-D-E-R. W-E-I-S-S-E-R. But in my home region of Baden, we just call it Neue V, which is the dialect of the words Neue Wein, which of course translates into new wine. This new wine is not fully fermented. After pressing the grapes, the winemakers will add yeast to the grapes for fermentation. I've talked about this before. And once the juice reaches 4% ABV, that is alcohol by volume, it can be sold to the public. And boy, is it ever popular. It tastes like this delicious, sweet grape juice, but with alcohol. So you don't just drink the wine and get wasted. Of course, some people do because it's really delicious and you can, I mean, you honestly drink it like grape juice. At wine fests in Germany, you can also buy Zwiebelkuchen or Flammkuchen. Depending on the region, this might be a very thin flatbread type situation with onions and sometimes bacon, or it could be a little bit thicker and almost taste like a quiche, but also with onions. The fact is, it tastes amazing and it goes really well with your new wine slash Federweiser. It also does things to your digestion, not gonna lie. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> now, of course, not everyone goes to the wine fest and you don't have to in order to get new wine because it is also sold in German grocery stores. And of course, only during the months of September and October before the grape juice starts going higher in ABV. So at that point, you can't sell it as new wine anymore. That's when it's either aged or bottled and sold. Like I said, about 4% ABV is kind of the sweet spot there. I remember until a few years ago, there was one winery here in Oregon that sold this new wine. And I was so happy to be able to get that here because I hadn't had it for such a long time. And I really think that all wineries here should do this because I know it would become popular. Unfortunately, this one winery has also stopped selling it, which I was very, very sad about. Like I said, it's sweet. It's delicious. I know Americans would love it. And I think you should just travel to Germany and try it for yourselves. Even, and, and I mean this, even beer lovers who normally don't drink wine at all, they all 
enjoy that yummy new wine. So, travel plans. And since I am talking about wine in Germany, I thought it would be nice to tell you a little bit about the German wine queen. Yes, we have that. The German wine queen has been around since the early 1930s. But it was in 1950 that there was an official election in the wine industry for the wine queen. Each wine region will have their own wine queen. And today this means that each of the 13 wine regions in Germany crowns their own wine queen. There can also be wine princesses who will take the place of the wine queen when needed. The wine queen holds a job for just one year and is voted in during the month of September. And what's really cool is that this past year, so in September of 2021, a woman from my home region of Baden became the German wine queen. Her name is Sina Erdrich. And I'm just, I'm just so happy that it's just working out so well that, you know, I get to talk about Sina from my home region. So back in the day, just to go back in history a little bit, the wine queen had to wear a dindel, which is, of course, a traditional German dress that often Americans will think of first when they visualize a German woman. You know, it's those cute little dresses with the aprons and tons of cleavage. And um, that was one of the rules to, to wear that dindel. Another one was that you needed to be the daughter of a winery slash winemaker. You had to grow up in the industry and it was a requirement. Now listen carefully. I kid you not here. It was a requirement that she had to be a strong, robust woman with apple red cheeks. I am serious. This is exactly how they said it. Big red cheeks were the ultimate sign of good health in Germany, which kind of makes sense when you're thinking of, you know, World War II and how many people were starving. And one of the things that they talked about when they were talking about people during the World War was that they started looking gray. And so in the late 40s and early 50s, when a woman was strong and healthy and had these apple red cheeks, that was a really good sign. I actually also remember this, even from my own childhood with my grandma, when I was at her house, she made me drink hibiscus tea, which is, of course is really red, because according to her, it would give me red cheeks. And she counted that as me being healthy. Of course, she also wanted me to eat 10 sausages and piles of potato salad because that also would keep me healthy. But, you know, that's a different story. I, I loved my grandma. She was an absolutely wonderful, beautiful human with such a big heart. Anyway, back to the wine queens. Over the years, of course, the rules changed. For decades, the wine queen could not be married or divorced but she had to be an unmarried young woman. Fortunately, none of this is true anymore. Today, the wine queen has to have a strong connection. She doesn't have to grow up necessarily in a winemaker's family, but she has to have a strong connection into the, with the wine industry, work in the industry, have extensive wine knowledge, 
and and by that I mean German wine knowledge. A jury of about 70 members will ask the 13 candidates, so one from each wine region, a number of questions regarding German wines, winemaking techniques, and she has to be able to taste blind the German wines and name them, you know, things like that. And uh, you have to be able to answer all of these questions. Six women will then qualify to go to the next level, and one of them will be crowned queen. Aside from this extensive knowledge that she has to have, she also is required to speak at least one other foreign language, which, especially in the German wine regions, it makes a lot of sense to speak French but also English, though French is probably the top language that um, she would be required to speak. The reason for this is that this person, this queen, is going to be the representative of German wine and will be attending special functions, events, and do that both inside and outside of Germany. So this job has become quite an attractive career move for young women in Germany, as you can imagine. I so wish the little what-if questions that pop up every now and then, what if I had? Of course, it's all too late at this point. <laughs> I'm not going to go back to be a young woman and become wine queen of Germany. But how cool would it be? So like I said, the current wine queen, Sina Erdrich, she was born in 1997. She was winemaker's daughter, and she is, believe it or not, the youngest city council member in her town of Durbach. Her aim is to create an attractive town for young people, but she's also involved in activism for climate change. So pretty impressive for such a young woman, don't you think? I'm always in awe when I hear about a young woman who has already done so much in her life. She's also studying in Freiburg, by the way. So she, she's got her hands full between studying and working and city council member and wine queen. I don't know how she does it all. I'm in awe. And I know this woman will go places. She certainly is an inspiration to me. I hope that she is an inspiration to a lot of young women in Germany. Well, and with that, this is what I have for today. I know it's a little bit shorter today than the previous episode, but I do hope you found the information in this episode interesting and informational. And I hope that you share my podcast with your friends and family or anybody who you think might benefit or might just enjoy listening to what I have to say here in my little part of the podcast world. I am about to start another load of laundry and write a to-do list, and I should probably create a list of things I need for my trip too. I can just imagine sitting at the airport about to board my plane and realize I forgot something really important. That would suck so much. It also occurred to me that I may need a bunch of different types of clothing, as I'll basically arrive in summer because the weather in southern Germany is very, very much like the one here in the Pacific Northwest. So right now, early September, it's in the high 80s and even into the low 90s. But it'll also be fall when I'm there. And so temperatures will be going down. So I, I'll, I'll need layers, lots of layers. 
Plus, I'll be helping with harvest, so I need some good shoes and coats and I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to need. I'm going a little crazy. Uh, I am going to take my microphone with me so I can record at least one episode for you while I'm in Germany. I am hoping, and I'm just, I'm hoping that I might be able to make it two episodes, but who knows how busy I'm going to be once I actually am there. So I'm going to just leave it at that for now. One, hopefully two. In the meantime, I hope that you are going to follow me on Instagram because I am going to be using that platform to post, you know, about some of my adventures that I will have there with my family and friends. And of course, in the vineyards, I love taking pictures and videos of my home region. I really have to say that as I'm getting older, I'm starting to feel more and more connected to that region and it becomes harder and harder to leave again and come back here to Oregon, even though, of course, I have a great life here in Oregon and, and I have wonderful friends. I have, you know, my husband, I live in a wine region. I mean, how lucky am I? But I don't know, maybe those of you who live far from home can appreciate a little bit what this feels like as time goes by and you're getting older and you're starting to feel like, my gosh, you know, I, I come from a place that has a rich history, uh, you know, and I feel very connected to that region. Well, Before I start bursting into tears over here, I'm going to just sign off. I'm going to do a little bit of editing before I pop that thing online. Please go ahead, check out the show notes. I will have the newsletter sign up form in there. I will have my Instagram handle in there and whatever other helpful information that you might need. And of course, a little bit of a summary of what it is that I talked about today. So until we meet again, all I have left to say to you is Prost!